Hello, everyone. I am Dr. Farid Zarif, and this is Urgent. I really appreciate you joining me this wonderful moment so that we can share some information that perhaps will be helpful to you and those who you love and care about. We'll be talking about eating disorders. And I'm saying we because I'll be saying it and you'll be thinking about it. So I want you to take this information and put it into action. We don't want you to just listen to it and then, you know, just discard it, listen to it and do something about it. Eating disorders are growing rampantly now. They're out of control. And the more advanced that we get it with technology and, and food husbandry and food science and nutritional science and so forth, we're going to find out that we're faced more and more with eating disorders. Now, this term eating disorder, it refers to a group of behavioral. So that means psychological problems. So these are psychological problems, and it's a combination of mental health and a combination of physical symptoms. So we'll go through those quite briefly because we can definitely go into depth and, and get a even a more clear understanding of what we're talking about. But for now, we're going to at least get you to think in the direction of if you are experiencing these particular ailments and these conditions or their associated symptoms that you need to move on getting your life back. You need to move on making sure that if you're experiencing uh, anorexia, for instance, or bulimia or binge eating disorder, it's time to take your life back. You don't have to live with these disorders. We have, and there are many professionals that can help you with these eating disorders. So, relax, take a deep breath in, get ready to take some notes. I want you to listen and make sure you come back to this particular podcast episode so that you'll continue to get the information that will help you overcome this challenge. Now, you hear me say many times that the closer you are to nature, the healthier you'll be. So that also means that the closer you are to artificial things and those things that are just made in a lab, the closer you are to those things, you're going to find yourself uh, farther from nature, therefore more susceptible to illness and disease. Now, just to put you at rest about the things that I may be saying, these are things that you have to put in context with what I'm saying in the overall message. Medications are are great and medications work, but some people act like there are no other ways to help themselves other than what a doctor prescribes for them. It's just like a person with a GPS. The GPS gives you all of the information, or it seems like all the information that you need in order to go from point A to point B. However, there are definitely situations where 
if you live in that city or you're familiar with that area, that you know some ways to get there even faster than the GPS. But in order for you to access that, you have to understand that the GPS does not commandeer your brain. It is simply a tool. And the same for uh, using your brain to help yourself be healthy when it comes to eating disorders. It might appear that uh, the medication is the only thing that can help you. However, you may know that there are some herbs, there, there is uh, rest, uh, there is um, patience, and other attributes that will help you get beyond your predicament, the challenge that you're facing, and you'll find that you'll have great success, but never ever surrender or uh, abandon abandon your mind because your mind is the answer to uh, changing your attitude towards getting healthy or healing or dismissing the disease or disorder altogether. Now, some of the common diseases, again, you know, or the common disorders include anorexia, bulimia, binge eating disorders. But you can also know, again, that there's going to be some of the things that you experience that don't even fit those uh, categories. Now, there's a book. It's called The Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, or else, you know, better known as the DSM, uh, or the, this is DMS, DSM-5. So as it continues to progress and they add more disorders or mental um, disorders, uh, the book uh, gets thicker and therefore bigger. Um, So we're on five now. So the DSM-5 that includes a diagnostic category is called the Other Specific Feeding or Eating Disorder. The other specific feeding or eating disorder. And that just simply means that the other, whatever you're feeling, whatever you're going through, uh, this describes an eating disorder that causes a great deal of emotional and physical distress, but does not meet the official criteria for one of the previously mentioned behavioral health disorders. Got it? So if you think that you might have a disorder, it's super important that you you seek treatment right away. And as I said earlier, reclaim your life. Now, you have to reclaim your life or you, when your intent is to reclaim your life, you have to address the underlying psychological issues. Now, each of the eating disorders has a different diagnostic criteria. Now, though there are certain symptoms uh, that may be shared, you know, in each of these categories, in general, eating disorders involve symptoms such as fixation on your body, uh, your your body shape, your body weight, you know, um, people that just got to weigh themselves 
every day, three and four times a day. Uh, they're the shape of their body. They don't. They don't like the shape of their body. They're. 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 they're really obsessed with that. Um, basing another one is basing your your self-esteem on your weight or your body. So. The way that your body is shaped, the way it's, oh, my hips are too low, they're too high, they're whatever. And then again, your self-esteem is based off of, you know, how you look and how much you weigh. A next one would be being hypercritical or uh, being hypercritical of the perceived physical imperfections. Now, my breasts are too small. Uh, I'm too fat. Uh, I'm too slow. Um... Other things, you know, you, you might, you know, my forehead, I, my forehead is, is too large. My hair is too short. I wish it would grow faster. All of these things. Um, another um, sign uh, that you would, or these I would say symptoms, would be dramatically changing what you eat and, and the way that you eat, such as restricting what you eat, you know things that you would just stop eating all together or binging, you know, overdoing it, just eating a lot. And then after that, just purging that meal, just purging, just throwing all of that up or eating an enormous amount of food and then not purging at all. These are just some of the symptoms that you may have to let you know that you need some help. Another symptom is just experiencing a lack of control over uh, the the problematic um, eating behaviors. Yeah, I should say that again. Just experiencing a lack of control over the problematic eating habits. And, And what that just simply means that you feel that you can't do anything about it. You feel helpless and you're at the mercy of something outside of you. And sometimes you have no idea what that is. And that's why it's important that you, later on I'm going to talk about uh, the hotlines and you know other ways uh, uh, to reach out to get, get help. Another symptom is avoiding the severity of the situation, such as making light of it or becoming defensive when confronted by others about your eating patterns. You protect it. You just want to, you know, hey, you should understand I eat what I want to eat. This is my body. You don't really not, you're really not concerned with anything else because this uh, is your body, is your world, and nobody can tell you any different. You know, you probably know these people or it might, uh, might be you. Another symptom is uh, feeling shame and you feel the guilt of your eating habits. You feel shameful about the way that you eat. Some people will sniff the food or they don't like the colors or the shape or might be too crispy or not crispy enough. It might have too much water in it. All of these different things where people become so finicky, uh, it may, may be a little strange. I'll, I'll do one more. And this is really important. That being addicted to the food such as, um, you know, you are feeling uncontrollable cravings. And this is whatever, you know, many people feel this and and they just wait too long to eat. But 
I'm talking about the way of, you know, you cross the Indian Ocean for a certain food or a drink. These are cravings and cravings lead to addiction. And like this craving can be, for instance, sugar. Some people have to have the sugar in everything. They want it sweeter. Some people believe it or not in the same way about salt. And you also have other people the same way about fried foods. Being unable to control your intake of foods. And you cannot control what if you can't control your eating, you cannot control your behavior. So learning to control your behavior is what we're talking about. And it's very important that you understand the options that you have. Other than that, you're going to feel like you're all alone. Now, while there are a few treatment options for your eating disorder, most people attend either an inpatient or an outpatient program. Now, which one you attend often depends on your severity of your disorder and your physical and mental stability. In either type of treatment, there are certain standard elements involved. And understanding that, you know, the more that you understand this, uh, the more tools that you will have to lessen any anxiety that you may feel about an eating disorder or eating disorder uh, treatment. So it's not going to be that easy, but prepare yourself for it not to be easy and I think that you'll do very very well at that I'm going to give you um, the benefit of the doubt that you know that you have these emotions and these feelings of being imbalanced and so forth and and you'll just say eh, I'll just go ahead and deal with it and the way that you deal with it is you start to restrict you're not eating You don't feel that, um, you know, you can do anything about it. So, you know, perhaps you'll just capitalize on it. And I've I've seen people, for instance, they capitalize on it by um, starting a channel. And they show you what they do from day to day. And they see they get some attention that way. That's fine if that helps people. But if it doesn't help people, it's not doing anything but entertaining. I'm not here to entertain you. I want you, if you need the help, to reach out for it. And if there's no one there, they have many, many 24-hour hotlines that you can take the very first step in your treatment. And this is very, very hard because you might also... Uh, you may just call a, a hotline if you have a friend that doesn't know what to do or you suspect that they need help. You can call and just ask for some some information and that information will remain confidential and the call is free. So you can make a call, get on a helpline, that'll be free, it's confidential And you will be definitely a wonderful support to that person that really doesn't know what to do. And remember, if you uh, don't let professionals get involved, that you may just run the person away and that person may get even more defensive 
and they'll they'll be uh, they'll feel like you're attacking them and stay out of their business and so forth. But a hotline doesn't just give you information and referrals. It's really, really a compassionate ear. Someone to listen to your concerns. Someone that you can talk to if if you don't have anyone else to talk to. Don't depend on your buddies to talk to and your parents. They want to do something. They want to be there for you, but you really need to be around people that are trained to help you. So the numbers that I'm going to give you, they're staffed by uh, these people that are trained 24 7, 365 days a year. Any time of the day or night, you can reach out and you can talk to them. Don't go through your eating disorder all alone. We all need help at some times, and we need the help to help us, not to entertain us. Entertainment only lasts for a moment and then it's gone. So I'm going to give you a few um, eating disorder hotlines, okay? And I'm going to give you the numbers that go along with it. So here we go. First one I'm going to give you is the National Eating Disorders Association Helpline. And that number is 800 9 312237. That's a 1-800 number, an 800 number that you can call. The next one is something fishy. That This is also a helpline treatment uh, uh, for treatment referrals. And this is nationwide. This is, this is a great line like all of these. I'm not giving you some ticky-tacky, you know, Uncle, Uncle Johnny's uh, eating disorder a phone number. These are professionals. Something fishy is at 866-418-1207. Next, Hope Line Network, 1-800-442-4673. Next, National Association of Anorexia Nervosa and Associated Disorders. That is at 630-577-1330. The Overeaters Anonymous. This is known all over the world. 505-891. 2664. The Multi Service Eating Disorders Association, 617 558 1881. And lastly, I'm going to say that there, there are a couple things that you can. Um, uh, do uh, these are some really some crisis uh, text lines that I'm going to give you. This is for texting. Um, the, the I'm going to give I give you two of them. Uh, and the United Ways, the United Ways, and that is at two one one dot org, two one one dot org. You can call two one one. 
And this is a hotline intended for anyone living in North America who has any type of crises or who needs help locating specific sources, including information and referrals for eating disorder treatment available 24-7. It can offer you information and referrals to treatment organizations in your area. Lastly, the crisis text line. The texts connect to 741741. 741741. Again, available 24 7, 365 days a year. Now, this is an organization that helps people with eating disorders and other mental health issues by connecting callers with trained crises volunteers who will provide confidential advice, support, and referrals if needed. Now, these are some very important points that, that you need to keep in mind as you continue to go on um, and, and, and reach out to the various, um, the various sources to help you with the problem, especially uh, re- keep in mind, I really want you to keep in mind that the, the eating disorders are a range of psychological conditions that cause unhealthy eating habits to develop. They might start as an obsession with food, your body weight, and your body shape, but in severe cases, eating disorders can cause serious health consequences and may even result in death if left untreated. So we must move on these. Those with eating disorders, or any of you that are experiencing these symptoms, understand that many of the things that you do, you don't understand why they're happening. Why are you eating and you're purging or vomiting excessively? Why you you want to overexercise because you keep thinking that you're you're bigger than you really are. That that you're you're eating everything in sight and you know that you're full, but it gives you some type of euphoria if you eat uh, if you overeat, whether you purge or not. And then restricting your food, the severe restricting. Now, I'm not talking about a child that says, no, I don't want to eat this. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about severe restriction of food. So talk to uh, those people that are experts in the field so that you can get more information about anorexia and bulimia, nervosa, binge eating disorder, it's another one called pica and, and you know you probably seen this online where a person with pica they crave non-food substances such as uh, ice uh, toilet paper uh, dirt soil chalk hair um, cloth even wool pebbles laundry detergents cornstarch you know it, it's it's a really interesting disorder and then you have rumination disorder 
Now, rumination uh, uh, disorder, it typically occurs the first 30 minutes after a meal. Unlike other medical conditions like reflux, it's voluntary. So this disorder, it can develop during infancy and childhood or adulthood. In infants, it tends to develop between 3 and 12 months of age and often disappears on its own. But usually the disappearing of it comes through a balance of what is called homeostasis. Now, if, if you don't resolve this, um, don't even worry about resolving it right now. What, what you want to do is start taking these steps so that you will feel better and it leads you to resolving all of these, these disorders. Another disorder is called avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. And we talked about that. And that's the, uh, some of the, the symptoms is like the avoidance or the restriction of food that you intake. The things that you eat that, that prevents a person from eating sufficient calories and nutrients. So usually like people that you're not eating enough calories. And then they're, you know, like how many calories is in that? How many, how many know that has too many calories? They're really particular about that. Now, some children, again, can uh, uh, learn about food and they might look at something that becomes new to their mind and they're like, wow, I'm fascinated with that. And they'll go through phases and some of them actually can escape those phases. But if you don't stay in contact with your child, you don't have a good relationship with your child, you don't know what's going on with your child, then it can get out of control. And before you know it, you have an incredible challenge on your hands that will be um, with that child for quite a while. You also, other symptoms, uh, eating habits that interfere with normal social functions such as um, eating with others. They can't eat with anybody else in front of them. Uh, that's why you have most of the clinics and the uh, healthy institutions or the um, institutions that uh, uh, specifically focus on um, eating disorders, they do make, uh, that's one of their policies and that is uh, eating together, uh, being able to eat around other people. And then you have other symptoms like weight loss or poor development uh, for for the age, you know, they're they're older, but they still look like little children, or the body is underdeveloped, or uh, they're they're not as tall as they want to be. They're short for their age, or at least that's what they feel. Um, and then I guess th- th- just to go ahead and and and, and um, wrap this up, another symptom that you should be aware of is nutrient deficiencies or the dependence on supplements or even tube feeding. You can talk to your um, the registered dietitians about the tube feeding or your gastroenterologist, but these are things that you should know because when it comes down to uh, these disorders and other disorders like purging disorder and night eating disorder and other uh, specific feeding or eating disorders, you need to know more about that. And the bottom line is that these categories uh, can be just a few. There's many other uh, categories 
and you'll learn more about that as you continue to um, study and, and get more involved with what is happening to your body so that you can reclaim your life. I'm Dr. Farid Zarif, and this has been a Urgent.